Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Can we stand if you're able? We're going to read from God's Word together, and sometimes it's good just to do that and to kind of honour God's Word by reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 16. It's up on the screen. Uh, Lord, thank you for your Word. Please speak to us through it tonight. And we say together, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. May the Lord use his word tonight to bring about something new in his spirit, in our spirits. Amen. Thank you. Please take a seat. So verse 14 said there, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I believe the Bible, so I believe that is true. But is it true in your life? Is it true in your experience? Do we live in that reality? Do we experience that with an expectation that we're going to live our lives led by the Holy Spirit because we are the children of God? Tonight we're going to look at something that I believe is incredibly important, a topic, so that we can live the life that God intended for us, a life less ordinary, one that will set your life as an adventure like nobody else could and nothing else could every day. And it's when you can answer the question, when we can answer the question tonight, how can we be led by the Spirit of God? And uh, we're going to look at, first of all, who can be led? by the Spirit of God. And the answer was just there already, but to underline it, there was a conversation that was had about that between Jesus and a religious teacher by the name of Nicodemus. Um, Jesus said that he was the Son of God, and he talked about how the Father wanted more children to be brought into the family. And uh, when we think about who can be led by the Spirit of God, we can kind of think, oh, it's those people. It's like some super brand of Christian that's not me. There's some sort of super anointed ones, and then there's us. There's the ordinary Christians. But there's no such thing as an ordinary Christian. There isn't. The Bible says you become a Christian. You are, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God walking about on the earth. You are a supernatural being. That's what you are. And you are meant to be different. There'll be times when you're a Christian, you'll feel different. Good. Good. We are meant to be different. We're meant to shine like bright lights in the world. That's what we're here for. That's why you feel different. You are different. And that's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. Nicodemus knew there was something different about Jesus. And so he came to him at night to come and talk to him. And, and he knew his Bible. Nicodemus knew his Bible. And he was trying to work out something about who Jesus was. And, and he was a teacher in Israel, Jesus said. So he was a famous theologian. He was a religious man, a good man. But Jesus had to take him to school and teach him some things. You know, look, look at what happened 
that night. It said there was this guy, Pharisee named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who's come from God. No one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, what was Nicodemus's response to that? How can that be? How can that be? Why? Because he's thinking naturally. Jesus is speaking about something supernatural and he's responding naturally to the supernatural. And so he's not able to receive it. He's not able to, to literally conceive it. He's not, able to, well, he's not able to conceive what it is to be born again. Because all he can think of is natural birth. That's the picture that he's got in his mind. How? How can it be possible for this to happen. Can a man enter into, uh, his, into his mother's womb a second time and be born? See, he's not getting it because he's not getting how the supernatural works because he's so used to responding in the natural and so are we. We can be the same, can't we? Something that God wants to say to us spiritually or supernaturally and our first response is, how can that be? Because we're thinking naturally. We're used to thinking naturally. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians, and said, The one without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. He cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The Spirit inside you has to respond to what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. Jesus says to him, Look, you're not even going to see this. You can't, you can't see the kingdom that I've come from and that I'm announcing is coming to you if you're only going to see with those natural eyes and respond in those natural ways. You're never going to see it. And he says, you know, what can I, what can I do? What can I do to help you to, to see this? Something invisible that's powerful, that's moving around all the time that you can't control. <gasps> I know. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. You get it? So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? <laughs> Nicodemus asked, do you think he's getting it? No, he's looking at the weather. <laughs> you know, that's what he's thinking. And that's because, verse 6, we, we missed it, but we mustn't miss it. It's so important for anybody, any one of us to grasp. If we're going to get hold of the power and the presence of God, if we're going to receive and walk in our destiny and, and use the gifts that he's given to us and, and have the fullness of the call of God upon our lives. Look, you know, Jesus is like, put these new spectacles on. You're going to have to see it like this. It's the only way you're ever going to see it. The flesh gives birth to flesh. That's all it can do. But spirit gives birth to spirit. Lord, please give us revelation on this tonight. Because what realm are we focusing on? If I'm up here and I'm leading a service perhaps, or I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, or I'm, I'm leading in the church, leading in some way in the church, or I'm hoping to lead somebody to know the Lord, there are all ways in which I want to be led not just to lead. And how can I be led by the Spirit? That's like my world. I don't know what it looks like in your world, but God needs you to lead and to influence for him. And the only way you're going to do that isn't by flesh. It's by being, you being led by the Spirit. And, and for that to happen again, who can be led by the Spirit? You've got to settle the identity question. 
First of all, who is led by the Spirit? The children of God are led by the Spirit. That's the qualification. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to be the child of God. Are you a child of God? That's what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. There's no point just thinking in terms of the flesh. The kingdom of God isn't going to come to you and be revealed to you if you're just thinking in terms of the flesh. You have to be born again. You have to become a child of God. And I'm not just saying, did you once pray a prayer at some point as your kind of get out of hell free card? I'm, 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 I'm meaning, are we, are we living as the children of God every day because that's who he's talking about and how do you know if you're the child of God you're being led by the, child, by, by the spirit of God that's, that's what Jesus says he's going to mark us out in this way and that's what Paul said in Romans you know if you want to know who a son or a daughter of God is the question is who's leading them if you want to know if you're a son or a daughter of God who's leading you how are you led who are you following in your life If I'm living as a born-again child of God, I can and I should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Because it's not what you know. It's who you know. That's what Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And yeah, I'm going to apply this to leading services and leading in worship. And there's a little video going on down here as well. So that maybe some people who do that here could could look at this. Or maybe you want to review that if you do it again. But we're talking about our whole life of being of worship. So you can apply this to every decision and every action and everything that we're wondering about in our lives. Ask yourself, first of all tonight, am I a child of God? That's the first question. Am I a child of God? What's the, what, when you ask that question, do you get a response on the inside? Because according to the passage that we look at in Romans, you should, and the answer should be yes. Not, oh, I don't know. No, oh, I'm not sure. The answer should be yes, because I can call God Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit. And if not, you need to say, I need to ask you tonight, are you born again? Not by your own works, not by you being good enough or trying, but have you said to Jesus Christ, I want to, I need a new life that only you can give me and I receive it by faith that you died on a cross for my sins. You're alive again. I want you to come and live on the inside of me. And this, all this stuff, theologically, we might not even get it, but, but it's something that happens on the inside of us. So again, look at Romans 8, verse 16. That says, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, he will tell you you belong to God. He will reassure you. That doesn't mean you never have any doubts, but when you won't let your doubts have you, you'll come back. You'll be like, you know what? No matter what, I've let him down. I messed up. But he's such a good father. He's such a good father. He he has me back and he loves me and he helps me and he restores me. To the extent that you believe that you have been forgiven and that you've been adopted and you can stand in the security of knowing that you are a child of God, you can be led by the Holy Spirit. That's the qualification. Knowing who you are helps you to know who he is. And then you're going to be able to be led by him. Because it just comes from this. Faith is believing that the Bible is true. And that the promises of God are true for me too. If he ever loved anybody and if he ever forgave anybody, he can love me and he can forgive me. And if he ever led anybody, he can lead me and he will lead me. 
He will direct me and talk with me. And he wants to lead us relationally and unmistakably because he's got plans for me. The Bible says he's prepared good works in advance that we should walk in them. He's got brilliant stuff lined up for us in our lives. It's like a treasure hunt. Our life should be like a treasure hunt. And everything that we're opening up there is all the good stuff from our Father that is laid out in advance for us. So how does that work for me when I'm up here doing this kind of thing that you might think of as a spiritual job? I hope it is. But everything can be spiritual. You know, I've prepared a talk. I've put a lot of prayer and time into it. Mostly this week on an aeroplane going to America and an aeroplane coming back when I would have much preferred to sleep. And in a hotel when I stayed up and I would have much... but but. I came and I put a structure and a shape and some words together, but I keep on asking, Lord, you take over, you speak. This isn't just, it can't just be Anthony's thoughts. Let your thoughts come through me. Because it's like, uh, you know, have you ever, I haven't got one, I wish I brought one, a glass. Imagine a glass, there it is. Beautiful glass. How big is it? Fairly big, make it bigger. Don't drop it. It's a glass and it's got water in it, hasn't it? Yeah? yeah? We need, in a glass, we need the structure and we need the flow, the water, which is important, both. We need structure and we need flow. Sometimes church can be like all structure and no flow. Or it can be all flow and, and no structure. Both are important. These two extremes that we can go to. So again, thinking in my world in terms of service planning and putting... You know, Ivy Central on or anything else that we're doing on a, you know, you can have on one hand extreme structure, extreme planning where you squeeze the most out of everything and, and like that song can only last Lisa for <laughs> two minutes and 22 seconds you know and then it's like you've done your time now somebody else gets up and prays their prayer etc and, and the danger there is that we, we squeeze out what's most important don't we for what seems important at the time, which is us feeling like it's tidy and all things are being done decently and in order. On the other extreme of that is you can just say, oh, we're just leaving it all open to the Holy Spirit so, we can, so he can just flow. And, uh, and that, that's actually sometimes, sometimes that can be not because you want more spirit, but because you've got a bit of lazy flesh. Because you don't really want to plan it. You don't really want to do any of the work involved in having a structure that the Holy Spirit can fill and move through in some way and you didn't really plan it or pray for it and you didn't have any intentionality about it and it can work that way and God's gracious and inevitably he will still move in those ways but give it time and eventually that will form a structure of its own just a messy one a different kind of formula where we just sing that same song six times and we say that's us flowing in the Holy Spirit or whatever it is but you know the danger of all those things is it just becomes a religious spirit a formula. And in everything I'm saying today, I'm not talking about formulas. I want to recognize the very personal way that Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. The very personal way in which Paul, the apostle, wrote about the Holy Spirit. That he is God that we are having a relationship with. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's a person we are having a relationship with. He's not a force that we're trying to get some fuzzy feeling out of. Or some power just to do things through. Imagine a person and that's all you ever thought of them as. Imagine a person who you only ever thought of them as being there 
to give you power to do things or to make you feel a certain way. That's not a person. That's not a relationship. That's just a power. The Holy Spirit is so much more than a power. He's got power. He's very powerful. But he's a person. Do we get the difference? Massive difference. So I'm not trying to give you a formula tonight. If anybody, if anybody thinks being a supernatural community that's all about Jesus just means that oh, we sing that song again until we go, ooh, I think I felt something. They're missing the point. Isn't, this isn't about that. It does have feelings involved. There's nothing wrong with our emotions, but it's not about that. We're living in a time when people are looking for formulas for everything. And that includes, can include even our walk with the Lord. But let's get underline this. I'm not talking about a force. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm not talking about a formula. We are talking about a person, the person of God, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And, 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 but I do want to give some guidelines from decades of doing stuff like this, of usually messing it up and missing it and doing it wrong in all kinds of different ways, but really about how I personally try to learning to, continually learning to operate in the flow of the anointing of God, you could call it, or the Holy Spirit moving and flowing and the gifts of the Spirit and, and how to go with that and cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do rather than kind of crashing it all the time. But this isn't step one, step two, and step three. It's like you can get some places. That's how it sometimes gets taught. This is a relationship. That's what we're talking about. Sometimes I see things about you know, what to do with the Holy Spirit, and I'm thinking, you're making him sound like not, some, not the person I know. Because you're making it, sound like, making it sound like you can control the wind. Instead of putting your sail up. Maybe that's one of the most important things that I'll say tonight. And really, it's what the Lord wanted Nicodemus to see. This is, about, this is about a relationship, not about a formula, a religious formula. A relationship with a powerful person who loves us, not just a, a power we can plug into. And that's so important to realise because it's easy to fall into a trap. Even from trying hard to, to be used by God, but you open yourself up to a religious spirit and you fall into... The dangerous extremes of, of either control or trying to control God. And, and that could be hyperstructure on one side or hyped up on the other side. Which actually, when you hype it up, what it does do, it doesn't, appear, it doesn't, use, it doesn't connect with the spirit. It connects with your soul. I'll come back to that. You know, anybody can put on a great concert and sing to Jesus. We've seen that. But what is engaging is the same as if you went to see Coldplay or some other band. And it's just connecting on the realm of soul rather than spirit. You don't need to do any of that. We don't need to do any of that. Why? You're a child of God. You're a child of God. So you have to learn, I have to learn to trust that. That I am a child of God. That, that is true and it is true of me. And that God's spirit speaks to me. God's spirit wants to speak to me. God wants the spirit wants to speak through me. God's spirit wants to guide my spirit. Say my spirit. My spirit. See, we're gonna, we've, t- we've started teaching a bit more on the Holy Spirit here at Ivy Church and particularly in these centrals recently as Laura mentioned earlier. But let, let me introduce you tonight to your spirit. Because the Bible talks about your spirit as well as the Holy Spirit. Because this is, that's where the Holy Spirit's leadings happen, in your spirit. You know, Genesis 1 tells us God made us in his image. Yeah? 
That's what distinguished us from the rest of creation. We are his image bearers. And then, in Genesis 2, we see that God created Adam as flesh, as physical. But he only came alive when God breathed his spirit, his ruach in Hebrew. His life, his spirit was breathed into him because God is spirit. Jesus said that in John 4, verse 24. God is spirit. So he puts his spirit inside of this body, this shell that is Adam, and he comes to life. So like every other creature, you have a physicality, you have a body, you have flesh that you can operate in the flesh realm with. You can smell, taste, see, touch, hear with your senses. Yeah, that's your body. We all got a body. Move your body. Very good. Still moving, I know you're with me. Great. But unlike the rest of creation, you also have a soul. And the soul is the self-reflective part of you. No animals. My dog does not lie there kind of thinking, hmm, I wonder why I'm a dachshund. It, you know, it, it kind of, it just wants its tummy scratching. It wants food. That's about it. And, and it it's happy. It's not pondering. But your soul is the bit that has, the soul is what, the bit of you that gets troubled. Yeah, the soul, there's the soul is the part of you, it's your mind that often can be disturbed and can worry. That's where the, that's the, the soul is on that level, it's, and it's also the soul that you make decisions with. It's the suitcase, the word that we get psychology from in, in the Greek. And Adam and Eve used their suke, their thinking, to choose disobedience from what God said. And as a result of that, there were terrible consequences. Death entered like God said that they would. And the spirit inside of them died. And that death was passed on to their children and children's children. And stays dead. The Bible says you're dead in trespasses and sins. Not just a, a, you know, a, a good person trying your best. We're actually dead in trespasses and sins until we are brought to life and born again by the Spirit of God. That happens when we, when we say, the, the spit, I, I put my trust in the sinless Son of God who's called me to be adopted into his family forever. And when that happens, he saves you. And he saves all parts of you because he loves all the parts of you. He doesn't just save your soul. Sometimes people talk about, oh, we've got souls to save in the church. No, he, he doesn't just want to save your soul. He wants to save your body and your soul and your spirit. He wants to save all of you because he loves all of you. He loves every part of you. Whether or not you love your body, guess what? God loves your body. When you get up in the morning, take a look. With nothing on. And go... Yes, Lord, you're right. <laughs> Look at the prayer, First Thessalonians chapter 5. It says this, May your whole spirit, soul and body... Oh, you haven't got it on the screen. It's, it's such a good verse. Have we got this one on there? Yes, we have. In that case, let's say it together. Down the bottom. May your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God wants to happen. He wants to save all of you. But which is most important to us most of the time? What, do we most, what are we most aware of? The body. That's what we think about most of the time, isn't it? He said scratching part of his body. 
We think about our bodies because our bodies shout the loudest. Our bodies want feeding and looking after. And, and yet Paul tells the Corinthians that their biggest problem with them is their body. It's the frailty of their, these, these bodies. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes this, We do not lose heart, though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. So there's an outer you and an inner you. Does anybody know what the outward you decaying feels like? <laughs> There's a few nods. The older ones are, watch, just watch your neck when you do it. <laughs> Don't nod too fast. But, but, when, but when, you get, when you get born again, it's like there's this little baby spirit you that is born. At the moment you give your life to Jesus, this little Baby you is born, and it's meant to mature and not stay a baby. That little baby is birthed, and there's an outward you, and then there's this inward you. And one is decaying and getting older, but the other one, it shouldn't be getting, it's not getting older, it's getting bolder. It's getting, it should be getting bigger. It should be getting stronger throughout your life. As you follow Jesus, as you feed on milk, and then you go on to milk, uh, to, to the meat of the word, you get stronger the inward you here's the good news never gets any older it should be maturing but it should also at the same time stay childlike the inward you is the real you that God can see and God speaks to and God relates to the outward you is not the real you the outward you that you introduce people to the outward you that people think they know but you know they don't really know you that's the outward you. People see and hear and can only connect with you as the outward you. And we're getting way more of that through social media, etc. It's all the outward you that's on show. But God sees and God knows and God loves and relates to the inward you. He leads you and he guides you. This is so important. By the inward you. Through the spirit to your spirit. I think if, if some of us got this tonight, getting this can change everything for people, how this works. And, and I, mean, I mean for good people, people who've been faithful and trying their best to now, when you get this, it's like something, something opens up that, that you never saw before. The Bible, you see, never says that God leads us by our flesh. But I'm not even asked for hands up. We do get led by the flesh, don't we? Yeah? what feels like I want to do it what does scripture say actually to do with the flesh with the body it says discipline it it says Paul's like I'm an athlete I'm training for godliness how do I do that well look Romans 12 says I surrender my body as my act of worship that's true worship to offer my body as a living sacrifice Nobody can do that for me. I have to choose to do that. Nobody can do that for you except you. The person inside of you has to present the person outside of you to God. That's what you do with your body. I'm not saying God can't speak to you in your body. Sometimes he does that. I found in worship sometimes, could be in worship, I might get like a pain or whatever or something like that. And I think, oh, that's not me. That's like there's somebody here and God wants to heal that part of them. And it's like a bit of a clue to get me. But it's, his spirit is connecting with my spirit to get faith going, to pray for a person. You know that? Or sometimes I can feel something like he's starting something on the inside of me. And it feels like, on the, and it's not 
physical, although it's in my body. Do you see what I mean? And, and you know, and sometimes in worship, you can people, you see people shaking and moving. You're connecting to the power of God. Physically, you're connecting with the Spirit, and it can have those connections. But, but what I'm saying is, this isn't His. The Spirit isn't leading my body. The Spirit is speaking to my spirit. What about the thinking then, the soul, the, the self-reflective part of me, my emotions and my feelings in my mind? Hands up if you've ever been led by your feelings. <laughs> okay. Or your thinking. Yeah, we think, we think, well, thinking, that's reasonable, isn't it? Except what if God tells you something that goes against your reason? Is that all right? Does he know more than me? See, the Bible never says God will lead me by my soul. Never says that. He will lead me. I mean, my emotions and my feelings can lead me, but it doesn't mean that God's going to lead me by that. I get led by my thoughts and my feelings all the time. But God wants to lead me, and the way that he does that is not usually through my natural mind. Because he'll tell me things that will blow my mind. And actually, very often, my mind can be opposed to the things of God. What did Jesus say in Gethsemane? When his body and his mind did not want him to go to the cross. Not my will, but yours. That's what we do with our minds. That's what we do with our thoughts. We bring them to him and what does he do with our spirit with our soul he does this he will lead your soul and he will restore it where does that where did it say that psalm 23 23. he will restore your soul what does restore mean hands up if you watch repair shop what's repair what do they do they take something that's old and a bit you know messed up and shabby and they restore it do they make it brand new no they restore it That's what he wants to do with our souls. How does he do that? By transforming it. How does he transform it? By the renewing of our mind. How does he do that? By his word. So his word restores and brings my life and my thinking and my thoughts in line with his word. That's how this happens. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. It is supernatural. That's why we want to be a supernatural community. It's about the worship and word and one another. So that the Holy Spirit can lead us as God's children. Not... By our flesh, which is often opposed to him. Not by our soul, because your mind has not got the capacity to grasp the things of God by itself. Just hasn't. The Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the mind of a man. What God has prepared for those who love him. It's like, it's never going to fit in there. But he will lead us by our spirits, by his spirit. He will lead us in our spirits, by his spirit. God never says, by the way, that he will restore your spirit. Your spirit doesn't need to be restored because it was resurrected. It was brought to life when Jesus died and rose again and you connected to his life and his risen life. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Is that talking about the inner you or the outer you? It's got to be the inner you, hasn't it? 
You know, I don't know anybody who became a Christian. Look, if you, if you were bald when you became a Christian, you didn't suddenly, like, get hair. It wasn't like that was all just sort of made new. Well, if you had brown eyes, you've still got brown eyes. It's like the outer you it doesn't change. But the inner you gets birthed again. And, and that's what, again, what Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to get. The spirit of the inward you is what God brings to life. And so he wants to work with you in that new creation. Paul calls it the inward man. Peter calls it the hidden man of the heart. And actually he was talking to women specifically when he said that. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4. He says there's a hidden you of the heart. And he says this is a part that you don't need to dress up. You don't have to put jewellery on it and, and all that. He says that there's this hidden beauty inside of you that you cultivate. And you don't need to adorn it with external ornaments. In fact, many times in the Bible when it says heart, you could translate that really literally. You could think of it. It might help you to think of it as spirit. The spirit of you is the heart. Not that one. But you know, put that in, when you're reading your Bible and you see a heart verse, put spirit in instead and see, see how it, if it makes it clearer to you, give you a clearer picture of what the Lord wants to do. So we're getting near the end. We looked at this verse earlier, but it's so important to see how this works. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 shows us how to be led by the Spirit. How to live the Holy Spirit life is there. And the order in which it works. Because this is the most important thing, I think. Really important for us to get this. Notice the order. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means make you a saint completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ where does it start spirit God works his work he works to change us and transform us and lead us in your spirit by his spirit he starts with the inside he goes from the inside out I've often heard this misquoted as body, soul, and spirit. Do you know why? Because we tend to think body. We, we, all the time, because we're more body conscious. We're more, or we're more mentally conscious than we are spirit conscious. But you are a spirit being who also has thoughts. Some of them may be from God. Some of them may be from the devil. Some of them may just be you. And you have a body. So this isn't a formula, it's, not a, it's, it's a relationship. Here's the key. To be led by God more and more, become more spirit conscious. That's how he leads us. Spirit first. Please say this with me, if you believe it. I'll give it once through and then you can decide whether or not you believe it. Well, first of all, are you a child of God? I'm going to ask you again because some people weren't sure. Are you a child of God? Yes. Okay, well on that basis, if that's true of you, you can say, I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I have a soul. I, have a soul. I, live in a body. I live in a body. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I have a soul. I have a soul. And I live in a body. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. By his spirit, he wants to lead you in your spirit. Get used to thinking that way, in that 
order and not only will your world change but the Lord will change the world around you more and more because you're going to be not just thinking what do I think and feel you're going to be thinking Holy Spirit what do you want to do right now here where, where we are me and you could the band come up please I am a spirit I have a soul I live in a body Let's pray. Lord, I'm just asking that you'll make that more and more real to each one of us, that we will become more spirit conscious. Lord, why don't you just tell him, I want to become more spirit conscious. Because when you do that, the Holy Spirit's still small voice will get louder and more distinct. And you'll obey. The more you obey the little things, the more he'll speak to you about the big things. We might, we're kind of waiting for God sometimes to speak to us about big things when he's just saying, will you, will you obey me in little things? Just recently, more and more, I've had this last few weeks, I've actually been in meetings in different places, it even happened in the airport. I've heard, Anthony! I've actually heard him shouting my name, like audibly, and I've looked around thinking, who's shouting my name? Anthony! Oh. Anthony! Oh. And I'm looking like, who, who is it? I, it's the Holy Spirit. I don't know what he wants to say to me yet. <laughs> I mean, Samuel, Samuel, you've got to just say, Lord, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. But I want to, I want to respond. My spirit to his spirit. How does that happen? Put spirit first. Put spirit first. Let's just, Lord, we just pray that you'd come now and do whatever you need to do. Why don't you stand if you're able? First of all, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Just put it out there. Because your body is going to lead you into sin. But your body can also be used for the glory of God. It all depends who's directing it and what you're doing with it. The Bible says offer your, the members, the parts of your body to God. So just to offer all of it to him. Guess what? He loves your body. He, he loves your body. He thinks you're gorgeous. He thinks you're beautiful. I was reading something this week that somebody said that one of the reasons why we have so many body dysfunction questions now is that people spend far too much time. We're not made to look in the mirror as much as we do. We're not made to take photographs of ourselves as much as we do. And whenever we do that, the more we do that, we're going to end up with negative viewpoints. But the Bible says the word of God is a mirror. Look at what he says, what he thinks about your body. He loves, he loves all the lumps and the bumps. He loves all the scars and the scratches. He remembers when they happened. Don't just listen to your body. Listen to him. Carrie could have just listened to her body when her body was saying, this isn't going to work. Don't just listen to your mind. Ask for him to renew it and transform it. It doesn't make any sense. Sometimes the things God says, the doctors say that can't happen. God says something different. Who are we going to believe? Just, just maybe put your hands on your head, just as a sign, as like to say, Lord, 
I, want to, I need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And even tonight, this, the words that have been spoken from his word can do that. The Bible talks about washing your mind. It, it can do that. It can cleanse your mind, give you a clean conscience, can, can transform you on the inside. You start to think God thoughts. You get faith. Gift of faith that wasn't even yours. It's just transforming by the renewing. You can renew the synapses. He can, he can, the, the hurts, the pains... Bad memories. He can counsel you. He's a counsellor. Better than any counsellor. The Holy Spirit comes to renew and to restore your mind. And then put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I just want to offer my heart again to you. My spirit. Reconnect to your spirit. I want my spirit to be led by your spirit, speak to me, move me. Let me hear you in my heart. Just know it's you. That's how it works. I'll sometimes just, just know something. I'll be like, where did that come from? It came from the Holy Spirit to my spirit. Thank you, Lord, you've promised to give us a new heart. Sometimes people use that Old Testament verse that says the heart is deceptive above all things but good news you've got a new heart you're a new creation the old has gone the new has come now you can be receptive the radio is tuned in to the frequency of heaven thank you Lord do whatever you need to do to tune this again restore me renew me recreate me Holy Spirit let us individually and collectively be led by you. Thank you, Jesus. I just ask Lisa before if we could sing again uh, that Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Just um, underline this. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us More aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. More aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Some of us have been listening to our bodies too much. Or we've been listening to our thoughts and our feelings too much. And we need to say, I'm sorry to God for that. So then he can lead us. And, and it is a trust issue. Because you've got to know that he's your father and that he loves you. And he's only going to lead you into what's best for you. And he knows what's best. I don't know what's best. 
So as we worship, as we continue, just if, he, if something comes to mind, if there's a decision or something you've been struggling over, just ask Holy Spirit, what do you want? And I want to do what you want. I'm going to trust you. I just feel like he is. He's, he's renewed. No, no, I don't feel. I believe. I declare. The Holy Spirit is renewing minds. He's restoring us. And he's renewing us. We believe that. That's what you're doing, Lord, because your word says it's what you do. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You have the faith of God building up inside of you. You get new ideas. Sometimes it seems like crazy ideas of what God could do, how he could use you. There's people here, God, God's given you some massive, crazy ideas of how he could use you and he's spoken to them about them in your spirit. But you let that spirit inside of you be silenced, to be shrunk down, maybe by other people, maybe you just did it yourself. Or you listen to your your thoughts and your body and you said no and that's all right because I'm not this isn't about condemning but he's coming again he's the God of the impossible and he's saying believe in me all things are possible God knows that Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Receive that as a truth. Think differently. Believe differently. Live differently. In the power of the Spirit. Maybe he'll give you the old dream again or maybe he's giving you a bigger new dream this time. Because you've grown since then. You've learned since then. So you can receive it and you say, okay, yeah. Lord, you can do it. I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to the no inside anymore. Or the no outside. I'm going to let the inner me connect with the, the with you. Let the real me have control. Yes, Lord. If that's you and you've kind of know that God's been speaking to you and and that you've you've you would just like somebody to pray with you into that, to receive the... It's like, I get a picture, it's a bit like there's a little seed before and the seed was, was, you know, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower and the seed just went on hard ground or whatever and got choked out and you kind of feel like that was it done. But God's got new seed and he's got a bigger seed. And, and it's like, I've got something better, something bigger for you. And you'd like somebody to pray about that, just come up to the front and we'd love to pray with you about that if is a response to say yeah lord i want the i want all that you've got for me all the seed yeah thank you jesus come on guys anybody want to respond to prayer for prayer at this point thank you jesus be restored in the renewing of our minds be hmm. thank you jesus this isn't like i've got the magic anything it's it's 
if you people could just come and if, if, if it's got some people who are responding and then we'll just sort of one or two people could maybe just come and lay a hand on, on them and just agree with the Holy Spirit and with them come on guys come out and pray you can come and have prayer stand where you are or you can go and, and lay hands on them and just pray for them in Jesus name thank you Lord because the good soil Jesus said will produce 30, 60, 100 fold what was sown and it's by perseverance he says it's a good heart that perseveres